Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Listen back to anything we air, anytime you choose at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. And you can uh, post your thoughts and your opinions uh, there as well. And, uh, you know, like us on Facebook, we're there. And on uh, Twitter, at The Roy Green Show. Kind of everywhere. The Northern Gateway Pipeline Project was quashed by the Federal Court of Canada as the court decided the Canadian government failed to properly consult with Aboriginal people before giving the green light to the pipeline now, it's been reported that eight First Nations, four environmental groups, and one labor union launched the legal challenge, which was heard by the federal court in October. What hasn't been talked about a lot is that 26 First Nations signed on to the Northern Gateway Pipeline. My good friend Joe McFarland, news director at News Talk 770 in Calgary, our great chorus radio station in Alberta, joins me on the Roy Green Show. Joe, thank you for the time on, on this Canada Day weekend Sunday, and what's the reaction, the response been in Calgary, in, in Alberta, to the two-to-one decision by the federal court re-overturning the federal government's approval for the pipeline? You get the feeling that it's a little bit of frustration, just because just when you think that you've got something on the go and we're starting to see some progress, and all of a sudden it's slapped back down again, and this line in particular has been so high profile, along with Energy East and along with the Keystone XL pipeline, these things keep getting pushed down the road and pushed down the road, and, and there's a sense of, ugh, now we got to go through it again, and, and there's a lot of uh, curiosity about what's going to happen next. Does this send this project back to uh, the beginning stages again, or if it doesn't, how far back down the road are we before we can see any kind of uh, similar situation to what we saw in 2014 with the Harper government saying, yep, yeah, you can do it, but here's a bunch of conditions again. Joe, any uh, projected or even immediate impact on the Alberta economy and the economic short-term future in the province? Not really yet. And, and the real big question mark in all of this is, is how the government really is framing this. I mean, you look at the response from Deputy Premier Sarah Hoffman on, I believe it was Thursday, uh, just a couple of hours after the decision was actually made. And, and she made a point of uh, going after the Harper Conservatives and saying, hey, we've got a plan in place. We've got a government that's willing to work on the environmental side as well as the economic side. They seem to be at least talking a big game on that side of it. But then you look at some of the, the connections that the NDP here did have prior to being in office with different environmental groups and that kind of thing. And so you've got a lot of pessimism within Alberta in terms of just how whole hog is this province wanting to get the the oil to tidewater as the, the the term has been used quite regularly the premier has said our goal number one is to get it to tidewater but when we have 
big decisions like this being overturned or delayed, uh, Energy East we're seeing uh, roadblocks in the way, that kind of thing. All of a sudden, there's this question within the industry about just how on board this government is, both federally and provincially, I suppose, in terms of getting these projects actually on the go. And, and it's not uh, it's not necessarily that they are pushing against it, but it's that um, the belief or the the just l- being able to see firsthand that the government is doing all it can is, is yet to be seen yet. Yeah, you know, we remember Justin Trudeau when he was in Washington for that uh, well-publicized visit with Barack Obama, and there was the side trip to the 2020 conference, and he mm-hmm. sat there with all of these convicted, uh, not convicted, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, these uh, with conviction, liberals, uh, and he uh, and and he never once said a word about the about the oil industry and about natural resources and about pipelines and about taking advantage of our natural resources to help Canada build forward. The only thing he said was there was job uh, uncertainty or there've been job losses in Alberta because of the mm-hmm. economic reality. That's all he said. Yeah, and and that again, it goes to that point of the, there's that weird feeling right now in Alberta in terms of just what's going to happen here because we are landlocked at the end of the day, and yet every direction we turn outside of going straight north, uh, there seems to be roadblocks in place, and at some point the rubber kind of has to meet the road in terms of whether or not we're actually going to get these projects done, or if it's a matter of kicking the ball down the road to the inevitable failure of some of these. And, I mean, there's some interesting points to be made in terms of what you, uh, even with your guest Mark Scholes uh, yesterday, uh, talking about, you know, maybe the industry needs to get a little bit more, uh, not necessarily in your face, but presenting a lot more facts. There's always that talk about how Canada's oil and and gas industry is the cleanest in the world, and yet we're still importing some from some of the dirtier nations. So maybe maybe yeah. the industry needs to highlight that a little bit more, be a little bit more upfront about these things and be a little bit more aggressive maybe. Well, exactly. uh, there's some there's some there's some credence to that because it appears as though they're losing the PR battle. Well, you know, here we're doing it in the media, they should be doing it because it's madness we have a huge national natural resource that the world needs and we're pointing the end of the gun with a hole in it at ourselves. Well, and, and the interesting thing in all of this is that there seems to be this uh, lack of under not lack of understanding, but the, it, I, I think there there is a happy medium to be reached here. I mean, environment is absolutely important, one hundred and ten percent. On the other side of it, look at what happens when oil prices are down. Yeah. Alberta is facing a giant deficit, giant debt, and everybody seems to be or not everybody. There's some people that seem to be really okay with that, and and. There needs to be that happy medium where everybody goes, okay, this is really important to our economy, but also really important to the environment. And once we find that, and we can't have both sides of the debate sitting there uh, with their their, uh, heels in the ground, not wanting to to budge on on this. The fact of the matter is is that the, the pipeline situation is the safest way of transporting oil and gas better than, uh, than rail and yet there seems to be this, and I've, I've received a few. Buddy, I've got to stop you. Joe, you know how it is? The, the, the little red hand on the clock gets to a certain point, oh, and we have to man. stop. Good you talking to you, as always, my friend. Troy. We'll talk soon. <laughs> <You bet. laughs> Joe McFarland from Newstalk 770 in Calgary. We're back after this.